I don't know. It's a, it's emotional. I'm just going to prepare y'all. The two things we're going to talk about on the podcast, The Boys and Handmaid's Tale, is very dark. <laughs> <laughs> Both subjects are, are very dark. We're in dark times. I think our uh, culture is reflecting some dark times. But I do want y'all to know that, you know, we don't all always just watch dark stuff. But I figure y'all don't want to hear podcasts about the other trash I watch. You just don't. You don't want to know that. You don't want to know the other um, mess. Or maybe you do. Maybe I should start talking about my mess that I watch. Nothing's too crazy. No. I don't think. Some of the stuff you don't even know about. I watch some, I watch some trifling stuff. But let's get No started. limits here. <laughs> You're amongst friends. You can talk about it. So, The Boys. You finally got around to, uh, to watching it. We talked about it a little bit. Yeah. But you finally got to clock all of it. So, what you think? I have some thoughts. I have some thoughts. Um, I think overall, I really liked it. Um, it, you know, did all the good things a good story should do. Kept me engaged the whole time. Complex characters. Uh, loved a good story. Um, overall, I think I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, the premise itself is is pretty interesting, especially in the age of superhero films, to sort of um, <laughs> go in this direction and not just even stop at like, what if the superheroes were bad? Like, no, let's take it up a notch. And what would really happen mm -hmm. if it was our world? Make it a corporation. Capitalize on the profits. That means toys, movies, the VCU. So Love that. clever. Just, <laughs> just marketing these fools. That's exactly what America would do with superheroes. Yep. I yep. didn't even think of it. I was like, that is some clever shit right there. Yeah. Um, and then what happens if you don't take the contract? If you don't pay the three million? Have a nice flight. Have a nice flight. Yeah. Like, you're like, <laughs> damn. <laughs> Homelander didn't um, even blink. He couldn't because he was shooting lasers out of his eyes and cutting that jet in half with a child on board. Oh, my God. What a psychopath. He is a psychopath. Um, That's what happens when you grow superheroes in the lab. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that twist. There was there was things about the show that, to, to me, were pretty predictable but that was the one thing that was like oh okay love that and i love I, the twist I loved... ending at the end did you expect it to be that ending i, I liked the ending the very end with yes. uh billy's wife and everything yes i did not expect that at first at first i thought this was like a weird like heaven illusion but no it's like a real thing that's happening um no i, I loved how it ended um i just kind of like the whole tongue-in-cheek Inness of the whole show. I just kind of really love it. Um, there was just a couple of things to me that uh, were, I don't want to say glaring, but they did distract me at certain points. I think the pilot out of all the episodes is not the strongest episode. It was mainly because it's the whole time I was like, okay, yeah, and then that's gonna happen, and then like, oh, the guy, and like, yeah, he's gonna do it. It, it followed the the f very familiar beats of a pilot episode of this kind of story. Right. You know? Um, and I was turned off by it at first. I was like, is it gonna, is it just going to be this the whole time? I really hope it's not. Yeah. Um, but 
I mean, especially the thing that I, I wasn't rolling my eyes. The only time I rolled my eyes when as when um uh Starlight was on the phone with her mom after like having that encounter with the deep and everything. And like she's trying to tell her mom that that you know the dream isn't the dream and it sucks. And then the mom is going off like, oh, I told all my friends. Anyway, what were you saying? Oh, nothing, mom. Like, okay, uh, okay. It had a couple of after school special moments that were uneven. Yeah, it, the, there For were a show times. That is very very clever. It had some very tropey, predictable moments. I was like, what? You know? Yeah, I almost want to say they were out of step at times as well. Yeah. Um, I guess the, the one thing I, I take, um, a slight issue with is how the story begins, which is Robin's murder. Yes. Um, if you could call it that, um, which is basically your classic case of fridging your female characters, uh, killing them so that the man can have a jumping off point into the story. And I was like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to keep watching, you know, you know. But then the same thing happened with Billy. Like, oh, his wife was not only raped, but killed because the rape child clawed out of her body. Right. And I'm like, okay. Well, I mean, I guess she's alive now, so I guess it's not fridging, but it's like would it would they have had a story if they didn't lose their their girlfriends essentially and i think like as the the show was going on i'm like i would have felt a lot better about this if they just killed huey's dad that would have made more sense to me he's he's there he's not doing anything he didn't have a huge role in the story he was a very pandering you're still my kid dad and taking that away from huey is not only forcing him to take action but forcing him to grow up that would have been interesting or it could have been um, his parents and he could have batman himself Exactly, exactly. That would have been interesting, too. Like, to have a, a typical... Use. I mean, to me, it was such a an underuse of Simon Pegg. You get Simon Pegg to be in your shed. I was like, that's Simon Pegg. <laughs> like, and he's got this role. It was very weird to me. It, it was, was weird. very weird. It was very weird. Um, Maybe he's going to surprise us in, in upcoming seasons and be... They're going to use the full force of Simon Pegg. But at this point, you know, you don't bring a Swiss army knife to like ladle your soup. So I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> that's a weird use of Simon Pegg. And the, but the fridging, the reason I didn't have a problem with it is because that is a trope of superhero movies. So I was like, right. I'll allow it. Dead girlfriend. And I, yeah, I don't necessarily blame the show because I'm assuming that's what happened in the comics as well. Um, is there a comic? But it was, is this based on a comic? Yeah, it was based on a comic book. Okay. I guess yeah. Garth Ennis. It was like in, yeah. in 2005 or something like that. It was mm. pretty relatively um, recent comic book. Look at me. So um, it's based on a comic book? Wow. <laughs> I'm literally looking at a computer right now. You think I could tappy tap on the keyboard and find this shit out? Thanks, Andre. No problem. <laughs> we need that um, that one guy every every like big podcast that just like researches. Like he yes. barely talks. We need you a have Monica no idea what he looks from, like. <laughs> uh, armchair expert. That's what we need to make the corrections at yeah. the end of it. Look everything up. Yeah. I mean, the studio on it is is right here. They're not doing anything. It really um, should be exactly. You guys, you know, pull your weight. I know a person who's perfect for this, but she's just way too expensive and just doesn't. Um, She's not here. She doesn't live in the city, but she would do it. So, 
She knows. Who yeah. She would do it. She would do it for sure. And she would be like, but she would interrupt us in the moment and go, y'all, no. See, and that's what I need. <laughs> I just need somebody to go just quietly sit in the corner and just interrupt and go, bitch, it was based on a comic book. Sup? And then go back to like doing her thing. Are you saying we should get Leslie Jones on our podcast to we do that We should get Leslie Jones. <laughs> Look, my friend is pretty much close, as close to Leslie Jones as you're going to get. So, yeah. I mean, I feel like Leslie Jones or my friend G should be on here. Leslie Jones hit us up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> oh, uh, this would be Leslie. I didn't watch that. I didn't watch that. I didn't care for that. <laughs> Ragnarok? Nah. I didn't fucking like it. Nah. She would just refuse to do the podcast because she wouldn't watch any of the stuff. She would watch something like that hap- that aired six years ago and be like, whatever. We're going to talk about it. And I would be like, yes, Miss Jones, whatever you want to do. I want her to do a reaction of, of this show and see what she thinks. Oh, my God. Um, I don't. Because if Leslie Jones doesn't <laughs> like me, I really have no reason to like exist. So. Oh, no, I meant the boys. I meant the boys. Oh, I was about to say, <laughs> this podcast? No, we don't. We don't need that kind of attention. I don't need that kind of stress in my life. Oh, I would love to see her watch the boys. That would be funny. I mean, my favorite thing that she's ever watched, really, and I have a lot of favorites. I love her Game of Thrones, Game of Jones stuff. But if you've ever watched uh, her um, do... Uh, the Shape of Water, y'all. Oh my god, it's the best shit ever. She's getting her her own uh, Netflix stand up soon. Is she? Oh yeah, she deserves. Yeah, it. she's awesome. Yeah, yeah, she totally deserves. It. I can't wait for that. Um, but no, going going more on this uh, fridging thing. I once I had like gotten past it and accepted it, and then once the story started bringing Hugh and Starlight together, I'm like, wait. No. Yeah. You're not going to do this, are you? It's weird thing and the show tried to... to be on the same bench at the same time. I'm like, this is your meet cute. It was just so random. What? Well, yes. But also it was, I think I was more offended because the show, instead of like, kind of like pretending that the whole Robin thing didn't happen, which I almost preferred more than then like him seeing the ghost of Robin as she's as he's talking to Starlight yeah. and knowing that they're getting closer and closer. I'm like, what show am I watching? What yeah. and this is like what, a week or two after Robin's death? I know we all grieve differently, but y'all. Yeah. He's on this like new lifestyle and quest because of this traumatic thing. Yeah. And he's and then like because the show needed a romantic pairing, it's almost like they didn't know what to do with Starlight. But then like she has this amazing arc by herself, being the one that is sort of being the audience reacting to all the how the seven operates and like what Vought does and how it markets the superheroes. That whole thing was interesting in and of itself. If they wanted to get, if they wanted to get more info into Starlight that way. I mean, like, I think it would have been more interesting for Huey to be resistant to trying to get, and then Billy pushing him to get with her to find out. And then that would have created a very interesting conflict. But for Huey, like, for him to fall in love with her is what I'm talking about when sometimes the field shows like it's out of step with itself. The show could be, like, like totally amazing and again i'm sure this is you know because it's based on something that's fine but i just in the update because it was you know 2005 it's like can't people do people always have to be efforting toward a relationship in these things because i'm sure there's a lot of people yeah. out there who are there's a lot more ace people out there than y'all would even imagine 
They don't always need to see people coupled up. Can't the person, Starlight's an asexual, you know? She doesn't need all that shit. She just like. Yeah, and this is what I meant when the show the show likes to fall in those kind of tropes. Like, as soon as they sat on the bench together, I'm like, okay. I know where I this like, is going. Did I something? Did I, was there another episode? Why are they on this bench? This is very strange. And then, yeah, he did move on. And I was like, okay. So there was a lot of moments like that where I was like, okay, this is. It's not a terrible show at all. There's just it's just odd no. off moments. This is yeah. This is just stuff that, as I was watching, it felt kind of glaring to me. I'm like, mm. it just felt it felt familiar and tropey, and I think that's why I didn't like it. And also, again, like, why do we need to have a romantic pairing? Because like the, the yeah, why do we do this? I don't because the if anything, the message of the show is telling you that those that never works out with Billy and his wife, with Homelander and Maeve with uh frenchie and that one i love frenchie by the way uh yes. <laughs> frenchie and that one girl and even mother's milk with uh his girlfriend and how that doesn't pan out i thought the show was trying to say something and that in this world with these people that kind of relationship does not work or is not sustainable i thought that that was a message that they were trying to get get across you know the the, um, the relationship that made the most sense following through the storyline though and then in, in her demise was elizabeth shoe i don't know her um show name she's just always elizabeth shoe to me um i have a funny story about elizabeth shoe i'll tell tell in a second and while she'll always be full name elizabeth shoe in anything that she's ever in but she, is this the uh director no, this the Vought is director. This is yeah, the director of Vought. Yeah, she's the yeah, yeah, yeah. who has that creepy mother sexual relationship with Homelander. Yes, to yeah. manipulate him. And mm-hmm. I, I knew something bad was going to happen to her, but I liked that moment. If I can say like, the moment was very fitting. I should say when he said, you know, tell me the truth, and she goes, I'm terrified of you. You know, yeah, I'm terrified of you. But to make her a mother. And then the whole breastfeeding thing. There was moments where I'm like, well, this is really fucked up. Even more fucked up on top of fucked up. It was a fucked up sandwich. But the way like he takes her out, you're like, that was fitting. Dark, fucked up, um, nightmarish. But mm-hmm. that's where you're like, oh, Homelander is just, his arc is just a flat line. He's just going <laughs> to. Yeah. 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 Um couple of other other small things i i didn't really appreciate the scene where they uh the tr- they tricked the senator into having sex with the uh the superhero that can like morph yeah and uh morphing into like the fat guy i'm like okay what are we doing here there's a lot of things going on there where i'm like okay this is 2005 that this is this is what we were doing it's okay and again, before we get all y'all are social justice warriors, it's not. It's not that. It's really not. It's not that. It's and I'll, <laughs> I'm getting into that sort of point, but it's just like it's 2019, mm-hmm. and there's like certain things like story wise and television wise that we've kind of just like agreed like not to venture into anymore. Sure. And that was kind of that. because if you own it, this is what I you know, Lindsey Graham, if you can hear me, you can be openly gay. And you'll be celebrated. And you can be openly gay or even closeted gay and, and have a bunch of sex. And I think the reaction would be like, good for her. You know, well, I think a lot of us would be like, get your get your sweat on. You know, that wouldn't be a scandal to me. Do you know what I mean? It would be yeah. funny if the twist was he owned it. You know. And yeah. And he just, tries to like he, you know, the senator says, like, you know, it's not a crime to be homosexual or like, I don't think it was it was so much that it was gay. It was because in order to blackmail him they 
morphed into someone who was fat. Yeah. To make it more gross. There's I don't know. There's a lot of just going, okay, this feels, this, uh... A little dated, but little dated. okay, we're, yeah. we're going with it. Um, and, you know, speaking of feeling dated, hate to be that guy, but the the cast uh, was, to me, like, overwhelmingly white. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, the few black people we do get, I mean, like, one of them's a villain. We do have one of the boys that's on our side, yeah. Um, the one Asian person is a terrorist. Love that. Uh... <laughs> Uh, the only gay guy is the closeted superhero that like preaches, but like has like threesomes within yeah, the bar. That's the big one. I was wondering when you're going to get her out of that dude. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. All right. I mean, I love, I love making fun of like some evangelical super douche like that all day long, but I was like, okay, that's the angle you're going to take. I mean, in on, on one keeping, they like, pray the gay away and then you're the guy, but it was just, there was just times where I'm like, I didn't hate it though. I'll still stick with it, but there's just a lot of. I did think after I finished it, I said, I don't know that this was uh, for me. I don't know that this was created for me. But I love Garth's uh, Preacher. I love Preacher. And, you know, you can say this, a lot of the same things about Preacher outside of Ruth Naga, you know, is pretty white, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's and like, all but I don't, I don't know if they were trying to notice that. Like, it, again, there's just so many things about Preacher that I really, really do like. And this is like the same thing. This is Garth and Seth Rogen and those guys and, and Goldberg, Evan. So yeah. it's like... For me, it was, for me, it was hard not to notice. And yeah. I think it's be, it's because we've, again, figured out that, oh, we should be bringing more seats to the table. Um, but I don't know. It didn't it didn't ruin it. Because at the end of the day, the story, it has a good, good plot, good story, complex characters. At the heart of it, it's got a good thing going. I think just yeah. maybe trim some of the fat, as it were. Um I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see because I don't I don't see anyone actually like talking about this. Uh any of the issues that I mean like I've I've brought up. Um, although I haven't ventured into the tags in Tumblr and I probably won't. Uh, cause it's just like probably like Homelander and Homelander porn. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, at the end of the day, I liked it. There was just some things for me that were just a bit distracting to the whole experience, but I will watch season two cause I think they've got, they've got a good thing. Not to mention, I didn't mention this, but the world building they've got is really solid and stellar and I can't wait to see more of it and how they co- like keep going with that. I'm definitely going to uh, turn up for the next season for sure. Like I said, there were moments where I was like, maybe this isn't for me. There's a lot of dropouts, a lot of trap doors. I'm like, is this for me? I don't know. I mean, maybe I didn't hate it, though. Because normally if I go, okay, I'm not enjoying this. This wasn't made for me. All right, cool. Fine. Move it on. But it never felt like that. I was just like, oh, what? Why? Did they know? Did they talk about yeah. this? So, yeah. Um, I think the thing that saves the entire show is, you know, your your guy seeking revenge and then the guy who plays Homelander this blonde shining you know he totally is encapsulating America right now like oh yeah blonde hair blue eyed yeah I don't know if Homelander looks like this in the book I'm sure he's ba- I mean I would have loved to have known if they look exactly the same but I'm gonna look that up right Garth now Garth Ennis like must have had well I mean he's an Irishman He's going to always tell you that the outsider point of view of America is exactly what Homelander is. And for a long time. So, 
that's kind of how we look to the outside world, right? So I'm thinking, is he based? Does he look exactly like that in the book now, I'm wondering? Because oh, yeah, he looks terrifying. exactly he looks exactly like uh, the actor that they got. So there you go. From 2005, you know, this is, and, and it's never been more apropos than now. Like, this Captain America, if you will, um, yeah. is not your friend, you know? Just gives you the heebie-jeebies. And that's what, I guess, makes the entire series. Everything else is whatever it is, but you're here for to see the, the misdeeds of Homelander. Can mm-hmm. I tell you uh, why I call her Elizabeth Shue? Did I tell this story last time? No, but I, I think, I think I, you've told it to me. I told it to you. So I, I, was, uh, I had a friend, I had several friends living out in L.A. before I moved out here years and years and years ago because I've been out here 17 years. But long time ago, I came out, and this is probably when she had just done Leaving Las Vegas. Uh, she was white hot. Everybody was all about Elizabeth Shue. Um, and my friend worked at Universal, and he was an assistant, and he was, like, going to show me around Universal. And he was in the development department, and I was so excited. And I go over there, and I was like, this is really cool to, get a, to go on a lot of this size. And that was um, super awesome. And then mm-hmm. we go to this little ice cream shop that's on the Universal lot. It's been there since the 50s. It's kind of like the, one of the little legendary spots. And we go in to get ice cream, and Elizabeth Shue walks in, and she's wearing um, a white tank, and she's been working out. Like, she's just got – her arms were just immaculate, and her waist was tiny, but she looked like she was beefed up. And, again, she's at the top of her game at this point. I don't know the year, but, you know, it's at least 20 years ago, right? And by the way, she looks awesome in this. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, girl, what baby's blood are you drinking? Because she looks awesome. So, like, she was keeping it toit then and toit now. So she's standing there, and I'm just staring at her because, I mean, like, this woman's obviously living in the gym. And a bona fide movie star, if you see one up close... And again, I didn't live out here. I'm not a rube. I'm not a gawker. I had been in production. I was working in production at the time. I'd been around my share of celebrities. But, like, she just looked good. Yeah. Like, you want to go over to your friend almost and go, dude, just want you to know from Joe Citizen, yeah, that's, that's all amazing. Without being creepy or hitting on her or any of that kind of stuff. But I guess I stared at her too long. And she eventually just swivels her head around me and, and, and to me. And just fixed me with a look that would kill. <laughs> and I dropped my eyes and I was like, oh, shit. I was just like, I mean, literally like a full three minutes while she was ordering her ice cream. I was, I was hard eating her from top to bottom. Just <laughs> checking her out. You know, she had a nice little butt and legs. I was being super creepy without even knowing how creepy I was being. Also, this woman probably has her share of stalkers. I'm like, God knows what she was thinking. I was thinking. Well, I didn't have to wonder because it was either that night or the next night. I was at my friend's crib and we were watching, um, I want to say it was Letterman. And she talked, she had a story about, he goes, yeah, you look good. She goes, yeah, um, apparently I look uh, like something because this lady was staring me down the other day, and I really thought, and he makes a joke about stalkers. He goes, you know, I have a stalker, by the way, because they would call me stalker. 
She goes, this woman just would not stop staring at me. He goes, well, you're a stunning woman. She goes, no, it was like, it was like she was looking like she was trying to kidnap me. And I was like, oh, man, I wish it was a call-in show. Do I write her a letter? I felt really bad because now she's like, I made this woman feel all types of kind of creeped out. Like she was like, it genuinely rattled me. And I was like, oh, fuck. You know, she said, I felt like I was in a safe place, but apparently I wasn't. You know, she's on a studio lot. Order an ice cream, and here's my creepy ass. So Elizabeth Shue. Wow. If you ever hear this, my girl, I am so sorry I stared at you. I was just marveling at your hard work. I was just check. I was just wanted to tell sister to sister, you looked really good. I mean, I'm proud of you. I love your work, whatever. And at the least of which, I just should have just glanced at you and didn't stare at you for a full three minutes. It was it was very creepy. I apologize. So somebody passed that on to Elizabeth Shue. I'm sure she's not going to listen to this podcast, but she might. You don't know. So I can probably put that in the description. So <laughs> maybe she's looking for her name. Hashtag Elizabeth Shue. Hashtag Elizabeth Shue. If she's ever Googling her. herself, she's she'll Googling find herself. I would Google myself if I was a celebrity. Shit, yeah, I would, you know. Up at 3 o'clock in the morning, taking a little Ambien. Wait, it doesn't work out sometimes. Anyway. <laughs> um, so that was The Boys. I, I, would, I think it's worth the watch. Everybody's talking about it. It's, it's the buzz on the streets. And imperfect as it was and as weird as it had these kind of strange moments, um, I guess I feel like... It was it was highly entertaining. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I want to say I would say so too. Something you should check out. Um, okay, you don't watch this show because apparently uh, I have not raised you right. Uh, but you need to watch Handmaid's Tale. But you're gonna know kind of what happens already. That's fine. I probably won't remember it if I ever get around to it. You probably will. <laughs> But here's the thing about Handmaid's Tale. It, 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 I think it premiered in, what, 2016? Like, yeah. when scary shit was going on, right? When it was in the yeah. middle of this, the height of this. And I'm like, why am I watching this show? It was so anxiety-inducing. And then you turn off the TV, and you're like, oh, shit. This, this is going on around us. Because Gilead mm. is... I don't know how possible it is to this extreme, but there's versions of Gilead all over the world where women don't have rights and they're made to cover up and they, you know, they disfigure women so they don't have any pleasure sexually and they're married off at 14. And, you know, these things that these women go through uh, happen all over the world and are happening right now. And it really, it really highlights, you know, how women are treated like cattle. But the thing that get, gets really, oh, uh, what's the word? tedious grinding grading mm-hmm. is that they've strung it along like it has been excruciating i feel like they could have done all of the story that they've done in two episodes i mean two seasons right that's just me because a lot of episodes <laughs> a lot of i won't say what <laughs> you guys know what i'm talking about three little letters acronym uh, so it's like this where they're they're stringing it along and you're like, come on. Yes, it's horrible. Come on. Because you're just waiting for all of these women to just finally just have enough, you know. And we finally get to that moment in the season premiere. So I have to say, I'm so glad the show finally relieved that thing that sits on your heart like a stone. 
that you get a little bit of a reprieve, right? Yeah, if something finally happens. Something you know? finally, you know, and I'm not going to spoil it here because people are still watching it. But something finally happens. A few th- something finally happens. And you're just going, thank God. Thank God. Although, if you want to talk about trap doors and weird shit happening, I do sit with this show a lot of times and go, but why would she? And why would she? And also, June pulls so much shit. And we talk about this all the time we mention the show. She would have been up on the wall every week. Yeah. So is she protected because she's connected to Nick and he's one of their heroes? I'm starting to think maybe that connection is what has saved her because they're taking their hand off of her. So maybe that's something that, you know, I should look at. But it would be interesting. I'm interested to see you, like, sit down and start from the beginning. And then you don't have to sit there and be tortured week to week going, girl. I was like, just watch the next one. I know you're frustrated. (laughs) Watch the next one. I know she's just staring in the camera right now. Like, she tortured and going crazy. She is. Next one. Next one. Because then when you bunch it all together, you're like, finally. And I've never, I don't remember watching a show like this where I'm jumping up. Game of Thrones did this. Mr. Robot does this. So I did remember it. <laughs> like <laughs> I just remember I don't remember a time. Here's the two shows. I just at the end of it like at the end of it when June finally pulls the damn trigger. Yeah, yeah. You're like finally somebody is going zoo on these motherfuckers. And I'm wondering. Was, I'm wondering if that's something that was built into the show. I'm sure to just it is. string you along, and maybe they weren't exactly planning to wait that long to do that. But yeah. I think they. I don't. I mean, again, don't watch the show, obviously. But I find it interesting that they decided because it, it's it's risky on on you know the story part to keep your audience invested when you're when you're pulling the string tight and you're not telling your audience when it's gonna snap. Well, they they give you they give you just enough to keep you watching till the next week. Well, I am I so invested, yeah. I can't walk away from this now. And then and then watching, you know, that last that finale, it was like it made everything worth it. I finally was like, yeah, okay, I'm okay, I stuck through that. I think they know you didn't do me wrong, right? So yeah, maybe that there's that you know. And there's a Love, reason why we're hearing about June. It. it makes sense that we're hearing this story off in the future. The book ends where. Uh, June's story is being told, read by someone else, right? She leaves behind this accounting, and these people are sort of taking a tour of, oh, remember when that crazy fucking shit happened in America? Well, there was this handmaid who documented all this crazy shit that went down in Gilead when America went, like, fucking straight razor crazy and became all religious and started, like, treating women like they were garbage, the ones who lived through it initially, because they killed a lot of people at the outset, right? So all these poor bitches who have to get stuck in all these positions, the Marthas, um, the handmaids, the, the regular-ass working folks, those families are trapped inside these walls. And everybody's at the whim of the commanders and the commanders' wives and these, uh, what is Aunt Lydia, the aunts? Yeah. Them bitches, them crusty-ass bitches. So you're like, you finally watch it start to unravel, and thank God next season is the final season because, I mean, literally from episode one to whatever it's going to be, I mean, surely it's going to be Machine Gun Kelly in the streets. But the show did, it finally gave you relief. My One of my favorite characters got out. 
And then you start looking at the ramification of that character being in the same place with these other two characters who got hoodwinked into leaving the country. So you're like, okay, okay. Just getting that group of people in Canada, I'm like, I'm not going to say I'm cool with anything happening to June. Kind of the opposite. It made me care for June again. In the beginning, I, I cared for her. I was worried about her. I was on her side. And then it was just like, dude, dude, she's going to stare in the camera and she, she's going to yeah. rack focus on the camera. All right, she's going to stare in the camera. All right, all right, all right. You know, but got one too many of those half face. One too many, you know. one too many looks and glares that you're just like, okay. I'm sure about somebody's on a supercut of Elizabeth Moss just looking into the camera in uh, this last season. Do you know how much time that? I mean, you can tell a story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we get to this moment where you're just. I was a mess. I was a blubbering damn mess a couple of hours ago when we were clocking this. I was like, if we had come on to do the podcast. Immediately after, I just would have sat here and cried for 10 minutes of relief, joy, um, and just fury. The show makes you furious. It makes you furious. Yeah, it does make you furious because you're just like, oh, man, why are we just uh, again? uh, again?" And then they get like I said, they give you just a little bit and then they pull it back. Yeah. You know, the whole thing with um, uh, what's her name with Serena. Yeah, but then even her that one that the part where she's like you know I'm where they go into Canada, I mean that was just like finally you did yeah. something with Serena. Yeah, you I was know? like oh Serena's some pulling some shit, but then, but then yeah, see old switcheroo on Ser- Serena, oh, oh, which is gonna which is probably gonna well see this is the thing that I'm afraid that season four is gonna do it's gonna do the same thing it's done every it single not. season. Draw it out until the, <laughs> until the series finale. Well, at least they got one of my favorite characters out. But then I was also just completely, I was I was back to caring about June again because she's an OG, and she's done something. Even though annoyingly, that's how we got there. She's been annoying the shit out of me. She does this thing, and then you know her soldiers come for her. Like yeah. that that marine shit. Like they didn't leave her behind. Yeah. I was like. Hell yes. Well, the well the initial thing where she was going to distract the the guard, and then all of these Marthas yeah, come back. They come I was back like, around and, fuck and, yeah, and the handmaids. And the handmaids, they come, they come to back. Their and they're doing, they're throwing the rocks, and they're doing that diversion. Fucking awesome. It's always just a good reminder too, and if we're talking about representation, I think for me personally, investing in it is just to show people that fascists, fast fascist. You'd think I'd be able to say that one like water because it's happening right now. All fascist regimes, Lord, um, come to an end, right? Or they stutter and they stumble and they they break apart. You know, I'm sure there are warlords who still have grips on nations. I'm not trying to act naive about this, but I'm saying these perfect societies. It never no. works out. Well, I mean, so it, I yeah. need this society to be ripped to pieces to remind people that all y'all out in the streets, you know, you know who you are, who want things to be a certain way. It's just not gonna work. It doesn't work like that. Do you know? I agree. So, and so I need the show to like to go. See, yeah, the shit's coming, and it's not gonna be awesome. You know, it's like. We may be upside down for a minute. We may be, you know, feeling like we're at a loss. 
And yeah, a lot of people died. A lot of people died last week. Gonna die. I mean, hell, it might even be me. I don't know. Go outside my house, just check the mail. Could get clipped these days in America, right? But it just doesn't hold. The center of this kind of thing doesn't hold. And so for me, it's like, I need this to happen. If it's not happening in the real world, it needed to happen on the TV show. I know that sounds crazy. But it's at this point, I can't walk away with those characters stuck where they are. Yeah. I mean, the you know, they're half, half. First, I have this big surge of relief. So-and-so got out, and these people got out, and the little kid was re, you know, reunited with her dad, and you're like, you're weeping, and then all the other people we haven't seen all season are there, which, again, there's a lot of things on Handmaid's Tale. You're like, why are they all the same? Okay. Okay. Like, didn't they know it was on the plane? They said, we don't know what's in there. I guess they had to be radio silent because you're not going to – but you had to tell the tower you were landing – Right? So I don't know. There's a lot of things where you're just like, okay, you have to suspend your disbelief. I get that. But I, now I'm back to, okay, something happened. Something big's coming. So season four, bring it on home. Maybe I'm just not seeing it right. Maybe it will take sitting down in this interim room while they're putting season four together. And watching it back to back to see the method in their madness. But regardless of whether we had those tedious moments in all of these episodes, it is one of the most beautiful shows on TV right now. It's gorgeous. Every frame is a masterpiece. Their their DP and their gaffer, I'm I mean like all the awards. It is a beautiful show. And I think that's what's disturbing about it is so they play with color. There's the red of the handmaids, there's the the muted, what is that, muted teal of the Marthas. It's not, you know, it's kind of weird, the colors. And then the wives are in these high kind of royal greens and blues, right? And then all the, the men are in black. And then you have all the eyes, and they're in black, and all the vans are black, and everything associated with the handmaids. Luggage, their coffins are red. Everything is red, 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 red for them. It's so strange. And then all of these people who orchestrated this, I'm like, what kind of fucking mind? And then we get a glimpse of the horror. Um, at the beginning of this last episode, we see, because I always uh, wondered, like we see June in the woods running with her husband and her daughter from these people in the pilot. And then you get to her, we see a glimpse of how she was, the intake of the women they turned into handmaids when it all fell and they get rounded up and what they were doing with the handicapped people. It was straight up Nazi shit. Nazi shit. And you're like, and they just linger on it like real, like they don't linger, they just flash on it and you're like, are they doing what I think they're doing? Yeah, they rounded up the handicapped just like the Nazis did and were just straight up murdering them. So they didn't have to fuck with them. I was like, wow. So the show just, I don't know. I can't watch a whole lot of it. I mean, I think even if I do a rewatch, I'm going to have to be in a really good place because it just disturbs me. I don't know. How does that affect you, Ian? Like when you're watching it, do you feel the same stuff that I do or do you have a different take at times than I do? It's a frustrating show to watch. I mean, from the content, it's the same thing. Yeah? Yeah. It's stressful. Were you blubbering while ago? I wasn't looking at you. I was just like. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, you were? course oh my gosh so trust me 
Handmaid's Tale. If you haven't clocked it yet, it's on Hulu. It's an original Hulu uh, joint. And right now you can be, go through all of it. And the cool thing of it is, like I said, watching it now, you can, you can speed past. You can know that, okay, something's coming. Something's going to happen. And then there are those sharp moments of like, jet, you know, taking it all in. I wonder what people will make of shows like The Boys and Handmaid's Tale. Like when we're studying, when, when students are studying this time in history in the future, will they look at like what American TV shows are on? Because I remember during the Vietnam conflict, you know, what was on TV, you know, you had a lot of stuff. It, ha- it has to be. All in the family. I think TV shows now more than ever just reflect what's going on today. Or you know, will they, they talk will about it? And they'll be like, oh, my God, they had the show on the air in the middle of all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, we know. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty terrifying. I turn the TV off and I'm like, oh, man, it's the real world is even worse. It's just fucking terrible. But it's not all terrible is what I want to say. I do want to uh, just I have a friend uh, who is DMing me today and um, she was just talking about how she gets worked up when she's um, on Twitter. And I've been hearing this a lot for the past few years. I know it goes without saying, but. Y'all got to get off of Twitter. You got to get off of Twitter. It's bad for you. It is bad for you. Pop on there. few minutes. You know, you're not missing anything. People are screaming at each other. It's You got to take breaks. Take breaks or, or t- give it up for a month. I'm telling you, that's some deadly shit right there. Stress will kill you. So, y'all get off Twitter. Be good to yourself. Take an Epsom salt bath or pet your cat or pet your neighbor's cat. Just, it's hard enough and we need you. We need you. So, get off Twitter. All right, y'all. Anything else before we go? That's it for me. All right. Drink your water. Get off Twitter. I love you. Bye, guys. Bye. Ah!